hey everybody how y'all doing this is ben and i'm Dak, and we are the guys who did this today we will be starting book two of the expanse book two is titled caliban's war uh which i we did research on this deck what does this mean i forgot secret i don't know i was just telling i was, <laughs> I was actually just telling d rose i'm like you know you know those things actually mean stuff um and then she's like oh what do they mean i'm like i don't know i forgot al uh bands caliban caliban who is he he was a, is he a roman dude oh no this can't be right <laughs> this says he's jamaican that's i don't think that's right I think he was like a, a Roman monstrous dude. gator man warlock called Caliban, a grave. Oh, well, maybe maybe that's right. A trap for catching ground. That kind of makes sense. No, it's that's not it. That's yeah, because it's like a trap war. Not really. That's wrong. It's not a trap. That is They're wrong. On, yeah, I probably spelled this. I did spell it wrong. Oh, that's a surprise. That's surprising to me personally. Caliban. Okay, this makes much more sense. The son of which Cy Cycrox, an important character in William Shakespeare's play The Tempest. Oh, right. That's yes. Oh, my man. I should know that. I can't be Wow, you look yeah, like I such an pretend, idiot. I'll I edit it out. To be, I'll make you look I can't better. pretend to be a Shakespeare fan and not know who. What's your favorite Shakespeare play? <laughs> Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> uh, a man, man of culture. culture. <laughs> <laughs> um so yes caliban's war or as i like to call it book number two um we are going over the prologue as well as chapters one through five we're thinking that we're thinking that about six chapters ish is the sweet spot so this one's gonna take we're yeah. gonna do more weeks of this podcast than we of this book than we thought we were but I, we think it's a little. It's good news for everyone else. And all right. Yep, and it's better for everyone. Um, warning: we will be covering adult subjects and also discussing spoilers for both the books and the show sometimes. Mainly the books. In technically, the books. we're still. Aren't we technically still in in season one? We are in one season of one of the show still. Nope, I heard that's the. I don't understand why they did that. But... Or sorry, wait. Hmm. My head is hurting. Are we in season two of the show? No, because they don't end. They went slower. They yeah, go, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. The, the, the end two. of book one is not the end of season one of the show. Yep. It seems like it would be, but it's not. Wait, I thought it was the opposite. The show... Oh, you're right, you're right. The show goes into... You're right, you're right, you're right. I'm dumb. <laughs> season one goes into... We haven't even started. We haven't even ended. We might be on season three. I don't even no, know. No, no, no. <laughs> we haven't ended... We haven't ended season two. One. No, we have. The end of season, season one, one is of the show is Miller shooting. Uh, what's his face? I'm pretty sure. Yes, correct. You're right. That's what I'm saying. So season two of the show is still book one. We're actually ah, gotcha. not even. So we're, we show, are in season two. We are in season two. Yes. Boom. Wow, that's hard to wrap my brain around. Holy cow. It's rough. There's just like wits and wagers all over again. So this is like, I mean, this is like the middle of season two of the television show, which is crazy. Kind of wild. Kind of wild. Consider. 
it's also and starts diverging. It must have been a it must have been a budget thing. I almost guarantee they were like, so that at the end of this, there's this big comet meteor <laughs> thing. Uh, we don't know if anyone's gonna watch the show, but let's push that, and then if they like it, then we'll pay for that. I almost guarantee that's what happened. Could be that's plausible. Um, but we aren't doing the show right now. We're going through the book. All right. So. We start off with our prologue with a a new character, Young May. Um, nice. May is great. May is four years old. She goes to a Montessori school. She's doing something that four year olds like to do a lot. She is finger painting, which honestly sounds great. I haven't finger painted in a million years. Same. Sounds nice. Um, one of the aides slash workers slash helpers here, Miss Carrie, at the school. Comes and tells her that her mom is there to pick her up. This is confusing for May. Uh, her mom left Ganymede for Ceres Station a while ago, uh, for and which, uh, so her father told her that uh, mommy needed some alone time, and that's why she went to Ceres. So, assumedly, we have some mother and father issues. We have some divorcing happening, uh, and May's daddy has not been horribly honest, which is probably understandable with a four-year-old. Um, but, so, May is a little bit confused. She's like, why is my mom back? That would be awesome. <laughs> uh, and it's setting us up for some very sad things to happen. But, uh, she's so like, okay, cool. I'm very excited to see my mom. I'm going to get up and go wash my hands. She, like, gets finger paint everywhere. <laughs> Does a great job getting everyone messy, getting the walls messy. Um, and she goes to wash her hands. Uh, she has painted a space monster, and Miss Carrie rolls this up into a tube for her to take with her. Um, and then they go to meet her mom, and there are two people waiting to pick her up. One of them, Dr. Strickland, uh, who May is, like, clearly familiar with. She doesn't, like, yell out his name. We don't really get, like, exactly what happens, but, like, she's like, oh, that's Dr. Strickland. So she knows who he is. Um, and he's with a woman she doesn't recognize. Uh, and She's about to ask where her mother is, but Dr. Strickland kind of scoops her up and begins tickling her and playing <laughs> with her. And they kind of say goodbye and they walk out of the, the Montessori and the door closes behind them. And then she asks where her mom is. So immediately, uh, you know, every all of the readers are like, oh, this is pretty fucked up. What a plot like, device. Yeah. <laughs> like the second this the second that this is what we're starting the book with, we're like, okay, so we may just got kidnapped. This is great. Uh <laughs> Really cool. This isn't horrifying at all. Um, but yeah, they get outside and May goes, where's, uh, where's mom? And Dr. Strickland says that they are taking her to her mother right now. So immediately, ugh, not my favorite, but that's where we're at. Um, Creepy. With here. Um, the three continue their walk. It is revealed that they are on Ganymede Station. Um, Ganymede is... Deck, where is going to be a Jupiter moon? Yeah, moon of Jupiter. We'll get moon more of into Jupiter. the. We will get more into that in later, because uh, Ganymede is a pretty central location for book two. Um, and there's a couple things that are that are noted as they walk through the station here. Um, very different from Ceres. There's a bunch of like plants, and it's very lush and green all around them. And it's noted that the air recyclers rarely run. So this station has a much clearly like a much different atmosphere than Ceres does. I'm assuming um, 
just because of the way that they've been able to get the air filtration to work with real plants. Yeah. But um, versus Ceres, which it wasn't never it was never really noted that there were a bunch of plants on Ceres. Um, it's definitely so, not. And the fact that they always mentioned in book one, like the the air recyclers going constantly, and if these ones are really running, that'd be a really different, uh, like environment. Interesting. Um, and as they walk by, a lot of these plants, May is able to recite scientific names of these plants, um, because she's very smart. We learned that she knows a lot about these plants, which is interesting. It's not a lot of not something a lot of four year olds would know. Mm. Uh, Doctor Strickland, May thinks about how Dr. Strickland has not really asked her the normal questions that he does. A lot of these are in the book. She kind of notes like, how are you feeling? Uh, does your stomach hurt? Blah, blah, blah. So clearly Dr. Strickland is like a, is a doctor doctor for her. Um, we don't really know why, doctor. but he's like, uh, yeah, I mean, that's implied with Dr. Strickland, but I guess with, I don't know. Yeah. But, um, you're not my um, real doctor. You're... <laughs> She just would have, we would have saved so much time if she just would have yelled, you're not my real mom. <laughs> right in the beginning. God damn. Um, so they get to this little unmarked door and they go in and there's a boy named Sandro that, Sandro that May knows there. And so she's like, oh, okay, this is chill. Like, I know this guy. We're fine. Um, and then she asks about her mom again. Strickland talks to the woman who we learn is named Umea. Cool name. Um, and uh, he leaves her May alone with Umea. Uh, Umea like looks at her painting. Yeah, who's like seriously fucked up, like got massive issues. Um, this woman should be locked up. Um, Umea looks at her painting of a space monster and asks if she likes space monsters. Uh, and then she, May says, yes, I think. I can't remember exactly. But then she tells May that she wants to show her something. Interesting. Uh, never tell May a child I, that. Never tell a child that. <laughs> May um, and Umea walk into a different room, which is a lot larger, and it's very cold, with a big glass box in the middle. And this is where this all takes a turn for the slightly strange. Inside this glass box is a man sitting down who is completely naked <laughs> and has weird-looking skin. Um... Umea, like, knocks on the glass, and he looks up, and his eyes are, like, glowing blue, uh, and he, and he kind of reaches out towards the glass, and May screams, you know, being her four-year-old self, uh, and that is the end of our, of our prologue. So, um, Dude. Umea, wh what the fuck is up with this woman? Why would messed she do up. this? this is Why would she do up. this to this child? <laughs> I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. She's evil. She's very evil. Like, I get being evil to, like, take all these children for your experiment. Like, that makes sense to me. I, this is okay, all something yeah, we can get does behind. It? Does but, that make sense to you? <laughs> but, then, but then, like, showing, showing this, this little girl, this dude, who's like a monster, and also naked? I don't know. I can't get behind that one. You had me yeah, on your side, lady. You with your, <laughs> with your science experiment. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, then... Showing little girls monsters. This That's is a tough. step too far. Too far. I, just, I, I couldn't even understand. It's like so, it's almost so ridiculous that I couldn't even, I'm like, this didn't actually happen. Like, this woman wouldn't do this. Yeah, there are a couple very... stupid things in this chapter, <laughs> in my opinion. Like, just like, like, one, the tickling and not letting her get out that that's not her real mom. <laughs> it's like, all right. 
Well, I see we had to move the plot along. And we then also it. the, yeah, That's showing cool. her the, the monster is just messed up. But it's also it gives us the, sadistic. It gives us a cool look at the monster, but it, it is also like this lady is just freaking messed up. But I guess it shows God. us that she is also like a, yeah, crazy evil lady. Oh, man. These guys, wait a minute. Is it revealed later that Strickland, this isn't like a psychopath lady, is it? Like from the first book? Um, I think they are. I think. Um, I don't know if they're. It, but I don't know if I don't know if it's explained about her. Mm. But that would at least like make her make this action a little bit more believable. It's still she, like, like more than like psychopath. It's like I don't know. It's messed yeah. up. It's like uh, yeah, comically evil. It's uh, Classic. over the we top love, evil. We love the comically evil. Let's let's. Let's fuck with this four-year-old girl. <laughs> four, four, not even like, nothing yeah. even too young to even comprehend. I don't know. Yeah, it's messed up. Um, but we do get to see so. a cool monster, which is presumably a proto-molecule monster. Blue um, man. And blue. we meet this Doctor Strickland character, who's clearly in cahoots with the evil people. Not a good man. Um, but he's a good and doctor. we see. Ganymede Station, which you said is the important location um, in this book and a few other books, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's going to be cool. It's going to be cool. Love it. Um, yeah. So we nothing get to... Will, nothing uh, will beat the Julie prologue, though, I just have to say. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. It's a goat. Goat prologue. Julie's the best. R.I.P. Rip. We love you, Julie. Um... Another new character who's also a badass. May is a badass. But uh, Roberta Draper is arguably a greater badass. She's a gunnery sergeant, um, which I, I don't know what that means. Maybe I should have looked that up if that's like a, a real who cares rank. Wow. All right. Who cares? Whatever. She's in the military. She's it's not a military she's, podcast. She's some sort of, I don't know, but it's kind of important. She's some sort of... Uh, I'll Google it quick. Sergeant, um, which means she's not just like uh, in charge of people. Um, and she's uh, a badass. She's like ripped, like six, I think she's over six foot tall, um, over 100 kilos on Earth. So that's 225. That's that she's like, and it Hell says yeah. she's mostly muscle. So this, this lady is a freaking mammoth. She's, uh, she's a monster. Um, just to Love give to you the it. the sense of yeah size, and then she's also wearing this freaking super soldier outfit. Um, think of it like a Halo uniform or like exosuit thing from like I don't know sci-fi. You you picture that easy. Uh, they're out on Ganymede. Makes sense. Um, and we learn that both Mars and the UN have put soldiers on Ganymede and also ships in the air above Ganymede. Um, because Tensions are are still high. Uh, Mars and Earth are at each other's throats. It's kind of like a, a still a Cold War kind of thing going on. Um, they're trying to like claim parts of the belt. Um, and Ganymede's important because uh, it's like the breadbasket of the belts. All the plants are grown there. The, a lot of the food is grown there. Um, so it's an it's an important uh, location to have. Uh, and so far, it's been it's been pretty boring out there. Um, her and her team have been making names for the the UN soldiers they can see across the way. They call one of one of the people rabbit ears because he has like little 
things coming off his suit. Um, and she's thinking about what they're calling her. They think Big Red because she has an old uniform that uh, she has an old one because they don't make uniforms that fit her. So when she got an old one that fit her, she just kept it forever. Um, and yeah, they're they're just based out on on Ganymede. Kind of just it's kind of boring. It's like the the demilitarized zone in in North Korea or something. They're just like guarding the their line. Um, but it's about to get about to get more intense. Uh, yeah, I have some more in here about Ganymede, but we'll cover that later. Um, so her and her team are just kind of walking the line. Uh, they stopped to service her suit because it's kind of old, squirting some oil in it. I don't know what that means uh, in the knee joint. But um, then they get a call from the base and they're like, hey, there's a lot of shooting going on, on the UN side. You better get back here. Uh, so Bobby and the team head out back to the station to see what's going on. Uh, the whole time, Bobby's looking up to the sky um, because all the ships, of course, are up there and they're not shooting. So that's semi good sign, because if they start shooting, then that means a, a real freaking war is, has broken out. Um, but uh, they get to the scene and she's wondering why no one's tried to contact him again. Uh, and they realize there's a jamming signal coming in, which is kind of crazy. Um, and they look across the way and they see seven UN soldiers sprinting at the Martian base. Um, and again, there's no there's no signals coming in. Nobody can tell them anything. They do have authorization to shoot if they get within half a kilo. Um, so uh, Mrs. Roberta, or Bobby, as she likes to be called, um, gets her team ready um, and says to shoot on her orders. Uh, but as she's looking, she sees that it's six soldiers and then something was chasing them in the background. And then she looks even closer and it's like, that thing isn't wearing an evac suit. Um, and then also it's not really human. It's got a massive head, uh, twice the size, uh, very large growths coming out of it. And the most dehumanized thing is like it has very long arms and hands and then like kind of like claw like things coming out of it. So it's uh, it basically the monster that May saw, but now on Earth or sorry, on Ganymede terrorizing everyone and everything. Um, so and then she sees some horrific stuff. So it starts like catching the U.N. soldiers one by one and tearing them in half. Um, one it describes that she he like tears tears one of the UN people and then throws it at uh Bobby's team and hits somebody and basically like takes them out and like obliterates them. Um, so they the whole team is firing at the monster, but it's not doing anything. It's like the monster just taking it hundreds of rounds apparently going into this bad boy. Um, eventually. Bobby realizes we are not going to kill this thing and it's getting pretty close. So they start running towards the door. Um, by the time they get to the door, um, a lot of her team has been killed by this thing. And uh, only Bobby and I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name. Garab, Garab, get to the door. They're trying to open it. Um, but the, the monster rips. First, he rips Garab's helmet off. Which is, I don't know how he managed to do that. That seems like it'd be hard uh, without, like, ripping his head off. But then, to, for good measure, he rips his head off, too. Which would be freaking horrific to see. Um, like, imagine you see your, your friend's head ripped off. I wouldn't like that. 
Uh, then the creature looks at Bobby, and Bobby's like, oh, here it is. I'm going to die by this weird freaking monster thing. Um, and just then it starts growing new legs, new limbs out of its stomach. Um, and then its head starts looking all weird and grotesque, and then all of a sudden it explodes. Uh, and Bobby gets knocked back and fades into unconsciousness, which is pretty crazy. So yeah, that was uh, Bobby's Bobby's chapter. Nice. Yeah, the classic, um, the classic proto molecule warning sign. Uh, <laughs> you know, new body parts just, just around and everywhere. Not good. Oh, so, um, the fact that she saw, you know, new arms just grow. It's a good. It's a good <laughs> sign that this is likely proto molecule related. Uh, and in my yeah. humble opinion. Um, while 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 Dak was giving us that fantastic lowdown on the travails of Gunnery Sergeant Barbie. 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 <laughs> wow. She's, she's gonna beat you up. I you're gonna hey, get man. manhandled. I will probably die and that's fine. <laughs> um I've lived a good life. Uh so gunnery sergeant, gunnery sergeant Bobby is apparently the seventh enlisted rank in the Marine Corps. Uh, I don't know she what is any a Marine. of that means. I should know. She is a, yeah, a Marine. Maybe I should have mentioned that too, which is, I don't know. Um, and she's, yeah, Martian lady. She's pretty cool. Senior staff non-missioned officer. So that, that's what that is. That makes sense to me. I know exactly what that means. Same. Same. I'm glad. Or everyone does. But I'm glad we don't have to talk about it but this yeah this is wild because one everybody thinks that all the only protomolecule left is the one that holden gave to um or not everyone even i don't think everyone even knows about that but holden thinks the only protomolecule left is what he gave to uh the one dude blanking on his name fred fred freddy so similarly fred has the only copy left um, cause the rest of it on Eros got thrown into Venus. Um, so that means there's something weird going on that we don't know about. What's going on? And, uh, yeah, it gets pretty graphic. Um, pretty crazy. Yeah. The one thing to note at the very end of this chapter is that when she's passing out, she's on her back and looking up into the sky and oh, yeah. the UN and the Martian ships are shooting other now not good really bad so the war has started basically like yep real fighting happened yep is, uh yeah not good war never changes war. once again war never changes the galaxy's back at war <clears throat> that brings us to chapter two to a familiar face the lord Captain and savior jimmy holden yeah he's back our boy. Uh, he's complaining about the coffee maker, which, dude, Honestly. I relate to this 100%. I 100% relate. Oh, uh, if I woke up, the coffee maker was down, and I had no way of getting coffee, like, I, you're on a spaceship, you wouldn't be able to get it if, it if you didn't have any. Like, I mean, that means you're going through a week or a week and a half of caffeine withdrawals. That would freaking blow. That would suck. Like, I understand. I would be mad. Um, <clears throat> but he's... He's hanging out on the Rosinante 
Uh, he's got a wicked headache. Uh, he's trying to call Amos. The comms aren't working either. That's <laughs> strange. Um, he feels dumb. He's trying to call people. And eventually he tries to... Uh, he, like, calls Naomi on his little comm thingy. She's like, why did you do this? Why didn't you just call me on the, the ship log or the ship comm thing? Uh, and he's like, well, it's all freaking broken. What's going on? Where's Amos? Uh, Naomi just kind of laughs at him because he's an idiot. Uh, they do some... They're they're cute together, doing their thing. Yeah. Um, and then she's like, all right, I'll go. I'll try and find Amos, see what's going on. Uh, Naomi is getting a hold of Amos. And Naomi also mentions that they're about an hour away from meeting up with some space pirates. That that is the phrase used in the book, space pirates. So I'm not I'm not just saying that. Wow. Uh, it'd be cool because it's a cool <laughs> term. I really like it. Um, it'd be super fun to be a space pirate. I think. But yeah, uh, they are doing some official, you know, work for for Freddie Johnson. And they're going to get some space pirates. That is what their job has been uh, in the time between the end of book one and the beginning of book two here. So eventually Amos uh, gets up and comes up into the. uh, What is the kitchen? The gal- what are they? Galley. What is That's a kitchen. The ga- yeah, the galley. Yeah. Oh, is it? Galley <laughs> means trick kitchen, basically. I, I did not realize that. So he steps into the. I'm just gonna call it a kitchen because that makes more sense to me. Um. So yeah, Amos comes up into the into the kitchen. Uh, Holden's like, "Yo, what? Why does nothing work?" He's like, "Well, that's because I yanked the power off." And Holden's like, "Well, we'll keep <laughs> her back on." And Amos goes, "Nope." Not done yet. Uh, but lucky for Holden, Amos made some extra coffee beforehand because he's Whoa. like the nicest person alive. Um, and he Holden gets to take some of that. So crisis averted. Uh, that's the end of book two. Of book two? Yeah. No, I'm joking. joking. Wait, was that the whole chapter? No, it was, I was, okay. it was a joke. It was a joke. Oh, all right. Really, it didn't really land. That can't be it. <laughs> so, uh, no, Alex then says, oh, hey, we're actually catching up to these pirates a lot faster than I thought. They're not moving. Um, so we're actually going to be there in five minutes. Uh, so they're, they get ready to, to interact with some space pirates. They end up calling them over the comms and doing their whole looking tough thing. They're, they're doing some, they're doing some painting. They're doing some threatening. Um, James, uh, James Holden, captain of the blah, blah, blah. You know who I am. That's what, uh, that's basically what, what his intro is. Yeah. He's so douchey. So douchey. Um, and he talks a little bit. He's, he's sending a few messages to them. They're not responding. Uh, eventually, they do get a response. And it turns out that it's, it just sounds like a young boy that, that calls them back. And, he's, and that young boy yells back at them that they can't do shit. The OPA isn't a real government. Can't legally do anything to me. What a weird thing to say. Yeah. So, <laughs> legally, I've done, legally, I've done nothing wrong. It's great. It's a great way to get out of this. Um, 
And then eventually, Holden's like, okay, let's just like pretend to sh- let's like pretend we're gonna shoot him. So he, he leaves his com on, and then to Alex says, "All right, shoot him." Basically, <laughs> and the guy's like, "All right, all right, all right, all right." <laughs> like you don't want to do this. So again, because it's just a child, so assumably this works fine. Um, and they give they have Naomi call them to give them instructions on how to give Naomi the control of their ship. Which is cool. I don't really know how that would work, but it's cool to think about. And they're gonna tow them back to Tycho Station. Um and congratulating himself on a job well done. Holden uh still has his nice headache. He's going to look for some aspirin, and while he does that, he gets a call on his hand terminal from none other than Fred Johnson, uh, who says they have a bit of a problem. He needs to, needs them to get back to Tycho on the double because apparently something is going down on Ganymede. We already know. We already know. We already know what it is. Yeah, that was my very uh, intense, long yeah. work done on Chapter 2. I think an important thing to note here is, uh, so it sounds like Mr. Holden has been shooting people. Yeah, what's uh, up with that? Because he's been, because they say, Fred's like, oh, you didn't blow this one up this time? And they make other um, comments about how they've blown up pirates, which is like, is not holding style usually. Yeah, I was going to say, for someone that is a self-proclaimed goody two-shoes, like, that seems brutal. blowing people up. What are you doing, my guy? Although he did in book one talk about, like, how he was in the Navy, and he would, remember that one comment, he's like, you know, blow like hitting clicking dots on a screen is way different yeah. than shooting someone. But this is literally just shooting someone like straight yeah. up. I don't know. He's also like know. talking to him, which I feel like is it personifies <laughs> people more. And then he's gonna shoot. I don't know. Like you who are about to die, salute you. Yeah, yeah I don't know. It doesn't seem like. Uh, I just can't believe that he's just been blowing pirates up all the time. That seems ridiculous. Yeah. Well, we learn later in this book that he's been. He's been changing. You've changed. Is uh, something that Naomi might say. Great. And us. Our Jimmy is becoming a monster. He's becoming a monster. He's going to find himself. It'll be fun. Last book, he became a man. This book. Monster. Yep. yep. Um, and yeah, I think everything's still good in, in their life. Yeah, chapter two is basically just like a rehash of like, hey, here's our main characters. Yep. They do. Uh, there was a little part where they kind of rehashed what happened last book. He thinks about Miller a little bit, which is, of course, just kind of a callback to book one. Uh, but as we will learn, the reason that we keep Miller's name floating around. Yeah. Mm. I'm but, always yeah. never forget. It was a big uh, it was a big um, the introduction of everyone. Um. Yeah, cool stuff. Cool stuff. So we get to our third new character, Proxidiki Lung. Wait, 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 wait. Yes. That 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 was not how you say this name. Proxidiki Mung. <laughs> no, yes. there's too many. There's way Proxidik. Proxidiki is how they say it. In the what? show, in the That's book, yes. No way. Yes, yes, yes. Praxidiki is how they pronounce it. Praxidiki. Praxidiki. What? 
That's how they say it. I don't know. Oh I don't know. My, that's messed up. Praxidiki. How do you say it? Praxidiki. Praxidiki. That's that how you sounds, say it. It sounds awful. Praxidiki Mung. That is the official pronunciation. You've heard it here first. That is the worst. We're going to have so many pronunciation related battles. I'm that is, we pro I think we pronounce every single name differently, to be <laughs> honest. But yeah, Praxidiki, we'll call him Prax. I think we can agree that on that. That one we can agree on. We can agree on that one fine. Praxidiki. I'm that, not even saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying that that makes, that's just like, wait, why, add, why are we just adding uh, vowels? We don't need to add any. Or not vowels. Um, uh, That's how it's spelled. I don't know what you're talking about. What What is the word I'm looking for? Why can't I think? Like how many? Like Consonants? one, two, three, four. Uh, I know what you're going for. I'm. It's what losing the, me too. What the fuck? Why can't I remember this word? You it's, just made it go away from my, my mind, mind too. Consonants? No. Um. It's not consonants. I know what vowels. it is. I know what it the is. Actual letters. It's the the amount syllables. of things. Syllables. Hey, syllables. syllables. That hurt my brain Jesus. for a sec. I know that was brutal. It's just like adding syllables for fun, which seems like it doesn't make any sense. Praxidiki. A little bit messed up. Praxidiki. Praxidiki. Yeah, I hate that. I really hate that. I hate to see it. I'll, I'll change, though, if I, if I have to. I'll change. You've changed. Um, yeah, so Prax uh, is in the domes on Ganymede. He's... Uh, and appears that ships are fighting up above, so this is presumably around the same time that Bobby's incident is happening. Um, and Doris, his friend, is like, hey, we gotta get out of here. The mirrors are falling down. They're gonna be here in five minutes, and you are gonna be squished under the mirrors. Because um, uh, apparently there's mirrors that they have to focus the light on the domes um, to grow the crops. Um, that have presumably got shot out of the air because there's a big war going on up there. Uh, but Prax is just like having a mental breakdown here. He's he's like he spent his whole life apparently around researching the specific soybean to grow slightly better. Um and he's like I lost my wife. I love my family hasn't seen my little girl because of this. Um and I've spent the last whatever 10 years of my life doing this and it's about to be squashed and he's really going through it. Um not good. It it really isn't. It's kind of it's he's yeah. Like I said, literally having a mental breakdown. Like, what is my life? Yeah. And uh, about to let himself die for a a soybean. Um, but Doris is yelling at him. Eventually, uh, Prax is like okay, and then goes runs out to the plant, like scoops up in his hand, like dirt in his hand, with this little soybean plant, and then runs back to uh. Doris and the, a lift that's going to take him down under, um, underneath to the tunnels, um, where it is safe. Um, and he said, it's funny, he said he only felt the danger after he had the plant in his hand. So he's like, he's like, oh, this is a dangerous situation because I have this plant and the plant might die, which is not good. Um, he needs to reevaluate priorities here. Uh, he's... He's feeling danger for a plant, but not himself. Not, hey, not great. I think we've all been there. I have we? Maybe. Have you ever felt danger for a plant? Every day. Every... <laughs> I'm poor plant. Every day. Yeah, that's weird. That's weird. Um. Hey, just a uh, praxitiki is a praxitiki Greek goddess. 
It's a girl? Yeah. Oh, well, to be to clarify, Prax is a dude, I'm pretty sure. Well, <laughs> does I I think so, right? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That would shatter my mind. He's definitely a dude in the show. Um, and I always just thought he was a dude by the book, but I never really like I don't know if it said he was a dude. He he Yeah, it, it refers to he as he. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it does use pronouns. Okay. Um Yes. Um No, this is a real I just you were right. I laughed at you. So everyone, so all listeners, <laughs> listeners. Yes. Uh a certain deck is very bad at pronouncing things. I would go that far, but I would, I would <laughs> go that far. So they, I, the reason that I had that reaction when I heard Dak say that word is because I assume that Dak is wrong when he pronounces anything. Basically. Wow. So I would just like to admit that I was wrong. He was right. I think it's the first time that's ever happened in both of our lives. But yeah, there we are. Exidiki. I have to change the pronunciation. I don't. That's like the biggest W that you maybe ever had over me. Boom. On pronunciation. Confetti. Oh, congrats. Yeah, I do what I can. Do what I can. Um, yeah, so Prax, Praxitiki, uh, is got his plant. He's in the elevator. They're going down. Um, he's going through it. He's like, maybe the mirrors would miss the dome. <laughs> and and uh, Doris is like, yeah, man, even if it misses, the, the shock wave's going to destroy the dome. So... It's gonna it's gonna go down. Um he was thinking how crazy it was that Earth and Mars are actually fighting. Um, because it kind of seemed like it wasn't gonna happen. He's like, I can't believe we're actually doing this war thing. Uh we're actually gonna kill all these plants. Um But uh they do. Uh and as they're going down the elevator, the power goes out for a second, there's a large thud, and he's like, Yep, that uh the the mirrors just hit the dome's gone, and Doris is like, "It was a pleasure working with you." Which, yes, <laughs> it's like a weird thing to say to the dude at this moment, but arc, whatever. Uh, so they they get down to the eighth level, we'll call it. Um, or no, that's where his daughter is. They get down. Um, and he's trying to get to the, the, like subway train type thing, the transportation tunnels. Um, but there's security guards locking it down. And they're like, nope, can't go anywhere. We got to lock this place down for your safety. And Praxitic actually yells at the dude, my daughter's on the eighth floor. Um, and he replies, he's like, well, she's locked down. She's fine. Still not going anywhere. Uh, but luckily, Prax, our dude, uh, got into botany from wanting to grow weed. Uh, and... Which hell yeah, dude! Fuck I feel yeah, like a lot of people. That's right. And then he also, from Windiger Weed, knows some back tunnels and unused tubes that used to be, uh, like transportation system or other tunnels that just don't get used anymore. Um, and he has a vast knowledge of these because he, he places to grow weed and and stuff as a teenager. <laughs> uh, so he goes to these tunnels, finds a scooter. Like, kind of hotwires it. I don't know. He, like, scans his badge. So I don't know. Um, but he gets it going. Starts scootering around. Uh, and then he, he he's hearing gunfire in the tunnels, which is scary. Because, um, like, before, like, all the fighting was happening up above. 
nothing really happening in the tunnels, but he's yeah, hearing gunfire in the tunnels, it makes him fear for May, the the daughter's life even more. He's picturing the school all shot up, which is not a not what you want to picture. Mm -mm. Um no. he's also hearing large explosions happening. Uh a particularly large explosion happens, he crashes the scooter. Um and he's like, crap, we gotta get to May. Uh so he uh I don't know, continues, gets to the school doors. It's all locked down, which is a good thing. Um, and it's not not all shot up, which is a good thing. Uh, and so he's banging on the door. He's like, open up. Uh, I need to get my daughter. Uh, and Mrs. Carey from the prologue is there. And she's like, oh, you're, her mother took her. And Prax is, has like a crazy moment. He's like, wait, Nic Nicola? And I hope I spelled that right. Nicole, I'm gonna call her Nicola, is here on Ganymede. She was just on series two days ago, which means that is impossible. So he's like, what the duck is going on here? So, and then Prax like thinks fast. He's like, aha, he has a picture of May's mom, May's real mom on his phone, shows the teachers like this lady came and got her. And then worrisomely, the teacher's like, um, no. And then Prax like goes in freak out mode, which is kind of understandable because that means some crazy lady took his daughter that he doesn't know um, and like starts shaking the teacher. He's like, you like gave May to a stranger. Um, but apparently her name was in the system and it all checked out, uh, which is not good. Uh, and this like starts freaking the kids out, <laughs> which is not not good either. Um, and uh, he's like, you got to get the kids out of here. And. And the teacher in front of the kids is like, there's people getting shot out there. Um, so the kids start freaking out more. Um, and But Prax is like, no, I'm telling you, you guys got to get out of here. And that is uh, how the chapter ends. So the plot thickens. Um, I, would, I don't understand why, why Prax thinks that he's the... Uh, yeah, the like, authority. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand why no, he's like... No, I'm telling no. you. <laughs> right. I know this situation. <laughs> Get these kids out of here. I, I don't think that's the right move, in my opinion. Like, if they're locked down in that daycare, just stay in that daycare till somebody, like, comes to help. You just, like, be ushering kids through the hallways of, like, a war zone. That seems he's like a bad, bad idea. He's bad. Praxis. Yeah. And we later learn that he's not good with these situations. Uh, like, There's usually someone going through it in these books. And, yeah, book two, it's it's our boy Prax. Praxing. Oh, boy. Um, yes, I, the freaking, I'm just, this conversation, I mean, it's obviously not a funny situation. It's just, it's just funny to imagine Prax looking increasingly crazed as this poor lady, <laughs> just like, his key, <laughs> just heard the one answer, like, wait, he points to the picture of his wife, which has like little May in it too. Yeah. This woman would have been like, "Oh yeah, that's little May." So this guy isn't lying. That must be mom. And she's like, "Oh no, that wasn't the lady." Like, I wonder what she's <laughs> thinking. She's like, "Oh shit, <laughs> I'm gonna get fired." <laughs> oh no, this is awful. This is not good. That, that is bad. Be, that would be not fun. Oh man, it is wild. They pulled that off. The the old switcheroo. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's so, like, there's a little bit of, like, that's revealed about, like, the work that would have had to gone into that. 
because like the lady says like there's been a mistake or the lady's like she was on the computer she was in right. the system so like she had an id card and the id card was like it like got cleared Mashed so like it. the id card was good and they somehow had to get into whatever system this school is using and change it which is assumedly tied even back into like this right like it'd be like your id it'd be like faking yeah. an id like a tournament right. id so that also scanned correctly as if you were someone else or even like an employee like I don't, it's it'd be hard yeah yeah so like there's really like you read that and you're like oh okay higher powers it's harder than we thought um but yeah so that's our that's our boy prax oh Mr. lord praxy he's uh unhinged oh lord he going he's through it. uh he's gonna do some not great things some crazy things here but he's gonna do some damage for to sure. be fair is like his daughter got stolen and uh he, he yeah. also like his life's work that he like sacrificed his life's for got destroyed so i mean a little bit understandable yep. but yeah not he's not having a good time this is not he, a good, good he time is a wild, wild card <laughs> wild card yeah he's definitely which is not <laughs> I, I don't know why they give this dude a gun later but they do that's a big mistake big mistake um yes so great stuff we get to chapter four poor prax bobby. um we get the bobby we're back i love bobby so much um cool. she is kind of like coming back she's coming to out of being unconscious uh she notices her the the, the hud lights on her suit they're going they're flashing crazy trying to turn back on there's alarms going off on her suit uh, her, she, assumedly her and her suit are just very messed up. Um, someone is moving outside her suit that she can see. She can feel a plug go in, which the, the, the reason the plug is there is in order to get an injury report on the person inside the suit. And then she hears someone outside her suit say to hang in there, and then she blacks out again. Um, we jump a little bit forward. She wakes up again. She's in a tunnel that is uh, very white. She's out of her suit. She's she's realized. Um, she's worried that they had to do essentially the jaws of life on her suit uh, to get her out of there, which is uh, which is a quick way to get her out, but it destroys the suit because it like messes up the joints or something. It, like just blows them up. Um, so she's sad about potentially losing her suit because, as she mentioned earlier, um, it was one of the only ones that fit her very well. So it'd be like losing a nice pair of jeans, but a little bit more intense than that. Um, and then she also remembers that her whole squad was, was totally killed, um, which is also very sad. So not, you know, not good there either. And then the people that are kind of pushing her or carrying her down this hallway, uh, they hit a little bump, and that sends a bunch of pain shooting up her back, and she blacks out once again. We jump forward a little more, and Bobby wakes up again. And someone is, like, addressing her. And a voice that... This voice says that he needs to talk to this soldier urgently and that he doesn't care if it kills her. And the nurse or the doctor there is like, no, you can't do this. She was, she's going to die, blah, blah, blah. Bobby, Bobby falls back asleep. Um, and one more time, <clears throat> actually, no, I lied. Uh, <laughs> this happens a couple oh, more yeah. times. Bobby, <laughs> Bobby wakes up again in a ton of pain. He opens her eyes and closes them immediately because it burns. It's very bright. It destroys her retina. Um, the someone gives her a cup of water and lets her know that she's on a bunch of amphetamines 
and focus drugs, which has caused her eyes to be fully dilated. So that's why the, her, the light affected her so much. Um, she opens her eyes and she notices that she's talking to a captain. And he introduces himself as Captain Thorson. He informs her that there's been a two-day battle between Martian and UN forces on Ganymede while she's been knocked out. Brutal. So that's a, a lot of info. He's been out for two days, and Martian and UN, the Martians and the UN people have been fighting for two straight days. So assumedly, uh, you know, that's a lot of that's a lot of fighting. That's a lot of damage uh, to the forces yeah. there and Ganymede Station itself. So he asks her who ordered her her platoon to fire on the UN outpost. Bobby's like, what? What the what the fuck are you talking about, my guy? What is going on? Uh, and he's like, who who gave you the order? Like, what? Why did this happen? And she's like, what? What do you mean? What? It was the monster. And and Thor's just like, oh god, not good. He's he's very he frowns. He's very concerned. He's like, this is not what I wanted to hear. Um, he gives him like, well, the the monster was killing everyone, and we were shooting him. We were, they were running towards us to run away from the thing. And then he, as she's like doing this, she like takes out a recorder. That was that was recording, and he pauses it, and he's like, all right, Bobby, you you've had an exemplary service record. You're a great soldier. We're gonna we're gonna start over, and you know, you're gonna you're gonna tell me what happened. All right, and he like gives her a little wink. Uh, a little nudge. He goes and press the delete button, and then he restarts recording. And now Bobby's like, "Bro, <laughs> like this is not. I'm I'm getting mad now." And he continues to talk about the monster, blah blah blah. And he um he gets into like basically she's like, "So you think I'm lying?" And he's like, "Well, uh, duh. We we have no camera." She's like, "Look at the gun camera." Apparently, this is kind of interesting information. Bobby says, "Look at the gun camera." So, assumedly, all the Martians, I'm assuming probably all the UN boys and girls, boys. have um, cameras on their guns, which is good uh, for proof purposes. But Lorson says that there were no gun guns throughout the fight, which ties up because Bobby's like, oh, yeah, they were jamming. They were jamming. Like, we couldn't get any messages anywhere um, to anyone. They were jamming. So, that checks out. Oh, crap, I'm jammed. Um, yeah, that was happening. And then she's like, well, there's gotta be like there's gotta be like cameras or recordings. And he's like, no, no, no. All all everything was lost when the orbital mirror array fell onto the dome. So we get confirmation here that the the big satellite thingy did fall onto the dome. Everything just got absolutely destroyed. Um so right now Thorsten is like operating from a I don't know, we have no idea what started this. Like no one no one knows right now what started this. Um, Bobby begins to think. She's like, "Well, check my suit. The suits have cameras too." And Thorson's like, "We tried, and there was no, there was nothing there." And but Bobby remembers she's got an old suit. She's like, "Well, did you use this type of output because my suit's old and it doesn't use the new one?" And he's like, "Oh, oh God." Uh, so he calls up this tech to like come up to bring the suit back and to check this old or the older. Uh, Output slash whatever 
to see if the video's there. And the guy's like, oh shit, yeah, that checks out. I didn't do that. So they do this and they start to play a video. As this video starts to play, uh, Bobby slowly starts passing out again and then she passes out. Doesn't really get to watch any of this video. Um, good for her. Yeah, probably good for her because it would have been dramatic. A little, yeah. a little brutal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she passed right out. She wakes up again, and the doctor slash nurse, we don't necessarily know who this is yet, is, like, very, very mad. Um, you can't, the soldier has, has got internal injuries, concussion, can't just pump her full of speed and interrogate her. It's irresponsible. It's fucking criminal. Like, yeah, <laughs> this doctor's great. Thorson sucks. It's messed up. Um, but Bobby is awake once again. Um, she opens her eyes. Thorson apologizes and says, and like, thanks, Bobby. Like, your assistance was crucial. Not a hint of apology in his lovely Dude. voice. It's, he mentions a couple times how he's got a very lovely voice, but then she looks at him and he like looks very mean and gross. <laughs> so his voice doesn't match his uh, demeanor. Funny. Um, she also, very importantly here, he calls her Roberta, and she says, don't call me Roberta, quietly. So we learned that she doesn't like Roberta. Looks Bobby, which I think Bobby. Sure. Cool. Um, but yeah, Thorson's like, thank you. Um, I'm sorry I didn't believe you. We avoided a serious mistake because of, of the uh, footage on your suit. Um, and yeah, he's like, hey, okay, get some rest. Uh, you're gonna ship out uh, as soon as you feel better. And he walks out, like shipping out. Like what? Like where? What do you mean? And that's that's the end of that little bit. We skip forward once again, and Bobby is eating some hospital food in front of her. Kind of implied that it's a little bit in the future. Her doctor, Doctor Trish, we learn is her name. Walks in, kind of asks her how she's doing. Um, and then Thorson and Captain Martin's new guy come in. And we learn quickly that the actually the first thing Bobby says is like it's a I'm not religious, I don't want to talk about this. Um or something along those lines. Uh which is fine. But no, he's like, hey, I'm I'm like a grief counselor. Like I am uh, you know, you you almost died. Everyone in your unit almost died. Did die. Uh is that did I not say that? Everyone did. did. (laughs) You said almost died. Yeah, they're all dead. Everyone in her unit is dead. Um, and like, she's kind of like going through it a little bit, but she's kind of good to see it. She's like, I'm fine. Thanks for coming. Uh, and then Martin's kind of goes into it a little bit and he's like, okay, you, if you weren't, you know, if you're okay right now, then that's probably not normal. Mm-hmm. However, we're chipping out to earth. And once we get to earth, you can't, don't have the, you know, the ability to have an emotional breakdown in the situation you'll be in. And she's like, whoa, 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 hold up, hold up. Earth? And that's the end of the chapter. Earth. So, I was going to Earth. Pretty cool. Yeah, dude. Thornton Thorson's a douche. Uh, he's also so I can't. I wish I did remember. Uh, so I haven't uh, reread all of what happens next. But in the show, he's like even a bigger douche because he yeah. like completely pushes down the monster narrative, and it's yeah. like clear that he like kind of wants a war or something. He's uh. He's not a good person. I forget how they handle it here, but I think he also like pushes it down, doesn't he? They they do a bit. Yeah, I I don't. I also don't remember exactly. So I, I mean, don't we'll get into it later. Part. But 
Yeah, so. he's uh, not a good man. Nope. Nope. It's Crash. and then yeah, it uh, it gets pretty wild. But uh, yeah, Bobby averting a war, going to Earth. Maybe we'll assumedly, see. assumedly going to Earth because she is the one person that has survived. The one, the chosen one. Initial encounter. He's the chosen one. Yes. He is. I mean, wait till the meeting. Oh, that meeting's great. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait till she Earth. That's good. Good. Great stuff. Uh, back on Earth, our girl, our arguably other girl. We've the got smartest so many girls person in, this book. I in love the, the galaxy. This book, Christian Avasarla, and that's how it's pronounced. No ifs, ands, or buts. Uh, she, this one's only. I only have a slight. I only have a slight uh, difference in this. Book. She gonna, not worth it. Oh, no. Is the assistant to the undersecretary. Of executive administration. Um, I don't know how to explain what that is. It's like, but she, she's very, she's pretty powerful. Or in, in uh, she's pretty high up. She's like three away from like running the show, kind of. Uh, and she's an Indian lady. She likes to eat nuts. And she, her superpower is political knowledge and savviness. Um, yep. She explains she's in a meeting uh, with the UN, a bunch of generals, um, diplomats, and other officials, and she's like, I know all their salary grade, who they're sleeping with, uh, everything about them, basically, that's important for um, just politics and, and life. Uh, and they're, they're all arguing about how to stabilize the Ganymede situation. Um, and, of course, a lot of the generals are like, we got to show strength. We got to, like, I don't know, start shooting our, our ships back back into the system. It'll look like maybe we're going to Mars. Maybe we're going to Earth just to show power. The diplomat, who uh, Avasarla doesn't like, which is kind of funny, um, is like, no, we need to, like, talk to them and, like, figure this out, which kind of makes sense. But uh, then somebody, somebody makes a joke about... Because uh, the... The diplomat talks about how it's like blown off steam or something, and then somebody's like, "Oh, the diplomats suck. They'd make references to steam engines." And Absaro laughs with them because she hates this dude and wonders why how he gotten gotten to that that seat. Um, but but eventually Absaro goes, "No, we we need to sit down with Mars and and figure this out diplomatically. We can't just go shooting people." Um, and they kind of object. They're like, but they won't agree to like meet with us. And then she's like, we'll figure out how to do it and figure out what they will agree to. And then they start arguing about that, which I find funny. So I don't what I don't understand is, is Avasarla like the uh, the main leader here? Or did she just like trick them into like. Doing this, like, I don't I don't understand that part in my do you understand? I She. Like, since this is, okay, I, I, I'm not 100% sure. I, I think she essentially represents, like, the what secretary. we would understand to be as the executive branch of this sure, government. Sure, sure, sure. So, like, because it's a UN, it's a UN, like, the secretary is the leader. The undersecretary, to me, implies, like, a vice president situation. Mm-hmm. As we would understand it, 
Um, right. I, that could be totally wrong. Like, I mean, that's kind of how it's implied. Like, that would make sense to me. Yeah. So, like, and I think that since this, like, gov- I mean, this government's huge, right? Yeah. It's, the um, UN, it's yeah. not. It's not just. It's like all of it's all Earth, of Earth. Yeah. and it's billions and billions of people. Um, Thirty billion. Right. So, like, assumedly, there's like multiple. There's not just a one and a number one and number two. Assumedly, there's probably like a number one, two, three, four, five. You know, like something along those lines. I'm not entirely sure, but. Uh, that is my understanding is that she is very high up in the executive branch. They still control. She is likely a, you know, whatever the other, whatever the two above her think, or she probably speaks for the executive branch in many ways, right? Like, you know, in official ways, like here is what the secretary wanted me to say. Here's what the undersecretary wanted me to say. And on and like more unofficial ways, like here is what, I am taking to be, uh, you know, or here, you know, maybe, maybe she just has the ability to direct some of this stuff. Um, or, or it's just like, you know, the two above her are like, Hey, Christian, do, you know, we know, you know what we want you to do, do it, do it, do it however you see fit. And I'm just, that's what my brain is telling me that this kind of falls under yeah. is that she's just doing her job in the capacity that she sees fit right here. Um, but again, that could all be. That's just my, that's just what I'm thinking. That could be totally. So uh, she leaves and leaves them to fight it out. They kind of ignore her um, and are bickering amongst themselves about how to do this meeting now. Uh, so she leaves and her assistant, Soron Codwell. Is, is Soron? 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 Soron. Soron? Evil Eye. Evil Eye of Sauron. Um, uh, no, it's this dude. His name? I think it's Soron. Sauron, Sauron. Um, is it Sauron? Isn't it Sauron? Yep, Sauron. <laughs> I, I couldn't find it, but I'm like, I don't think it's Sauron. <laughs> Sauron so, <laughs> follows her out. He, she's like a. She treats this dude like trash. I love, treats I love how like she trash. treats him. Great. Uh, she just like calls people names and is like super rude and and uh, it's great. Her demeanor. She's like. <laughs> She's like, what are my meetings? Cancel the meeting with the Afghanis. We're never going to figure that out, which is great. Uh, yeah, meta, meta, too real. Very meta. Uh, and uh, then she's like, man, all those guys are fucking dudes. And Soren's like, but I thought only uh, General so-and-so was gay. And she's like, no, idiot. They're all guys. They're all men. Um, Lauren kind of deserves it. I mean, she's shitting on him, but he's an idiot. My guy's not super smart. Some, there's a reason he's he's an assistant. Um, then he asks Soren to spy on General Nig- Nigens. Um, and Soren's like, uh, well, she, so she asked to like monitor his communications, and Soren's like, you're asking me to spy on this other dude. Seems illegal. He doesn't say it like that, but it kind of implies it. She's like, uh, no, idiot. I'm telling you to spy on everyone, but I only care about this dude. <laughs> and this was your idea, <laughs> which is great. I love it. Um, so that happens. Uh, then she gets back to her office. Uh, so they say she's she's kind of in like a lower level area. Like a lot of lower level managers in the government are around her. She doesn't have like a big corner office. She has. She has a view, but it's not like the nicest thing in the world. Um, 
and there's not not a lot of pleasant shoes around. She has a a Buddha on her desk and some pictures, some bamboo walls, but it's it's not uh, it's not like for how powerful she is, she's got a very um the word like low modest uh modest office and space here um which is i i think how she wants to play it right she wants to not make people not think she's powerful but really she holds a lot of political power and savvy um and and can make a lot of things happen uh yep. in the government which is pretty cool good way to play yeah. it um so then uh soren puts in a call for so his last name is Aaron Wright. Uh, first name Sat Sed Sedavir, Sedavir Aaron Wright, Sedavir Sedavir Aaron Wright, who is the undersecretary, um, I believe, EP. right? Yes. So here, Christie's like, yeah, we did the meeting. Uh, they're gonna do a. Hey, you just call her Christie. Christie, that's what. <laughs> That's what Amos oh. calls her later in later <laughs> books. Um, yeah, Avasarla or Chrissy, as Amos likes to call her, which is sure. funny. Later, right. we'll get not to sure that. that we'll I, get to, it's funny. It's funny. I'm not sure that I bless that. It, <laughs> whoa! Come on, man. No, not, she not for it. she not loves for it. Amos. For you, you're he not likes that it. She, <laughs> um, yeah. So she explains is like, yeah, we're they're figuring out how to do a summit. Um. I have full faith in them. Uh, and she's like, as long as the uh, secretary doesn't talk about the Venus situation or uh, Ganymede in his, in his talks, we'll, we'll be all right with the, the public. And she calls him a bobblehead. <laughs> it's just funny. It's like referring to like one of the most powerful dudes in the world as a, a bobblehead. Um, and Aaron Wright like, immediately scolds her for this. I was like, you can't call this dude a bobblehead. <laughs> He's like, what? He knows I do. <laughs> but you think he thinks you're joking. And uh, clearly she's not. She's, she thinks she's a bobblehead. It was funny. Um, and he, Aaron Wright then asks how they're going to handle the, the Ganymede situation. Because unlike Mars, they have lots of videos of this monster just tearing shit up. Um, so they know, they clearly know there's a monster. Um, I, it appears they haven't released it to people. Um, it is also dumb. It is interesting. Holden would not stand for this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he'd release it to every man. It gets super meta later on. Holden like finally like I don't re realizes what he's doing with his life in later books. But uh, yeah, Holden would not. Holden of today would not stand for this. Um, and. Uh, but yeah, they haven't released it anywhere. Um, they're trying to figure out if a this is a Martian weapon that uh, that was sent to fuck with Earth. B it's some other group that sent it to fuck with Earth. Or C it grew out of Venus and is fucking with Earth. Um, and she's kind of like, I'm kind of hoping that it's not C. Uh, talking with Aaron Wright. And Aaron Wright's like, why? That that seems bad if Mar Mars had this weapon. She's like, well, if Mars, if it's Mars fucking with us, we have a book without a handle that. If it's some other group, we also, uh, we can handle that. We've had groups fuck with us before. But if it's some alien just uh, spontaneously growing and fucking with us, then 
we don't know what the hell we're gonna do here. That's gonna be gonna be bad. <laughs> um, yeah. which makes sense. Like, yeah, they they probably have they probably practice dealing with bars and dealing with outside terrorist organizations, um, pirates and whatnot. But they they have no playbook for what they're gonna do if Venus starts growing monsters and flinging them at them. Uh, so I'm I'm on board with their logic here. <laughs> She's like. And I I like this answer from her. He's like, what are you going to do if it is the third option? She's like, retire. <laughs> Which is, I don't think she would retire, if I'm being honest, because she seems to, to like it. Seems to like uh, the game of politics and figuring out how to deal with these situations. Um, yeah, the Alpha Salara chapters are impossible to like do justice because she's just so... She's so, so savvy and smart and everything's so calculated and it's hard to explain right. like how she's like with each like everything's purposeful like with how she says it how she's talking to everyone and right. and what's going down so it's hard to like yeah capture all that but um yeah it's uh she's certainly savvy um so they but the important things here are she reveals that a they know that it's probably a protomocule thing going on. B, there's like a spike um in Venus when the protomocule attack happened, which is weird Seems to say concerning. the least. She actually asked for a report um from her assistant on this. Uh which is maybe coming handy later. Uh and then yeah, that those are kind of the important things. The protomocule is happening, Earth knows Earth knows this and they're confused about why and how though uh which are kind of important things and hopefully the summit will show them she kind of says it. she's like well we'll know by how mars plays this if if they're in on it or if somebody else will find out through the summit thanks uh which yeah they'll they'll get a lot more information even if mars doesn't say hey we did this they'll still like by how they're playing their hand uh they'll be able to uh figure it out hopefully oh yeah um and then she has a, a nice little call with her husband who's back at home uh she explains she's gonna be late he's kind of like oh, i figured um she wants them to go to the garden so she can uh, live vicariously through him she's like this is where i would want to be uh, if i were home and he's like just come with me when you get home she's like you'll be sleeping and he's he says well we'll we'll just go anyway it'll be cool uh, and then they cut the connection, and apparently this is their cute little thing. They don't say goodbye. Uh, it's interesting. But, uh, yeah, here she has a loving uh, family, her husband, which is nice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's Avasarla. She's uh, politically savvy, the best character in the book. She knows her shit, doesn't take shit. She gives a lot of shit. And uh, all around badass in a opposite way of Bobby, kind of. Even though Bobby has her moments too in the political round, but yeah, good stuff. Wow, wow. Everyone needs deserves a love like the Avasarellas. It honestly is cute. It's uh, the best love story in the Expanse, in my opinion. Oh man, I can't remember what happens to them later. But Not hopefully good. it's a good thing. <laughs> hopefully good. Hopefully good thing. I think she has grandchildren and stuff too. Yeah, she's got a lot. Uh, she's 
She's got it all going on. She has a career-driven woman, a loving family. Good stuff. What else can you ask for? I don't know. Dang. Tacos? Yes. Got a point. You got, got a point. <laughs> yep. That is the end of our chapters for this week. This first week. That was the prologue through chapters one and five. One through five. Yeah. Uh, we got a bunch of introductions. I don't, I think that's everyone. Did we get introduced to everyone? Do we yeah, have I think we talked enough about everyone. Uh, Bobby, Prax, and Avasaro. Those will be the main characters. Um, Aaron Wright, we'll need to remember, but he's not like a main character, but he he comes, he's obviously huge in this book, but he's not one of our point of view characters. Yes, um, I think we got all those POV characters. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I love this book. I think this book is better than the first one. Ooh, wow. It's, like, different. I it's different. I don't, think, I don't think it's close. It's different than the first one, in my it opinion. Is, it is different. Uh, the, first think... one's like a, the first one's like a murder mystery. Yeah. Almost. It's like a mystery. Yeah. yeah I agree. Uh, Dude, who was your play of the week? It's kind of hard for this one because nobody does anything. Like, oh, it's just I mean, kind of it's got to be. I mean, IMO, it's got to be Bobby. Oh, you think? Yeah, I mean, who else she kind of died. But what? She she's the only she's the girl who lived. The boy who lived come to die. No, I don't no, know. The girl Do we... who lived. The woman who lived. The boy who lived. The Bobby who lived. I, that's fair. She did the most. Like, what did Holden she do? Was fighting. Not kill a pirate. Holden Holden had a headache because he couldn't get his coffee. Which and they, I he didn't to. kill that pirate. He just saved but a I life. Actually, I shouldn't get employee of the week for that um maybe we'll see and then uh let's see prax you. just kind of freaked out shook a teacher we don't like that <laughs> I, don't, I don't think prax is winning employee <laughs> probably never you're right he is unfortunately for our boy dunce of the I week i don't uh, think we should have that one too like idiot of the month prax of the week award it goes to... oh wow brutal name it after him <laughs> i mean in this book it's just him every week but in next books we can yeah, name it after true. him yeah the prax is of the week. he's definitely gonna get it every time he does some whoever whoever uh, fucks up the biggest I, I mean honestly he does some decent stuff mid late book he has but... some redeeming things but yes he's just he's in this book as a wrecking ball wow which to be fair i mean his daughter is missing i get it i well i can't relate i do get it daughter is missing I he am, has a mental like yeah, and also his life's work got destroyed like that that would be pretty fucked up like yeah, both those things are not and that's another thing i just can't really again i empathize with him but i can't relate to it yeah i don't know imagine like it'd be pretty wild like imagine if you even I... this isn't the same but imagine if you like went to university for your four years and then they're like ah, actually no degree <laughs> it's like what did i just do with my life or like I, that kind of thing i don't know yeah and that would be weird i can't again i i'm almost too far removed from that now to like yeah that would be weird i'd be like okay please Please take all this money. I don't like all the money you gave me. I don't need it. I'm not paying that back then. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. I don't um, know. That's I, yeah, so, yeah, I don't. Um, it'll be good. Bobby. I'm excited. Bobby. I lost. Prax. Hold in. So Bobby is the I'll, I'll agree that Bobby is the employee of the month. She's got to be. She's going to prevent a war from breaking out between Earth between the UN and Mars. And I did these wrong. 
Unless you want to give it to Thorson. You want to you want to give that to Thorson? Is that what you're telling me? Uh, no. Wow. You just, just like, <laughs> yeah, I don't think Stalin should be employee of the month. So you want Hitler? <laughs> no, no, not Stalin. <laughs> wow. Um, right. Yeah, I'll give it to Bobby. Barely. Gotta be Bobby. Barely beats she out prevented, She's preventing all out war <laughs> with her with her camera kind of. and her testimony. Not yet, but. What do you mean? Yeah, it, she's doing it. If the freaking video guy just would have realized her suit was old, like, yeah, he's he not sounds like an idiot. I like he's sure. like a weirdo too. He's like slapping. He's like, don't. I can't believe I messed this up. <laughs> like in a meeting with a high level general, like, no. doing. Oh no. What if everyone, like imagine doing that at died. work? You're like, it's yeah, like, but it's not even that. It's not even like oh, I made a mistake. It's like oh, every a lot of people are dying because I didn't do the right video. But then he he also like goes over the top, like slaps himself in his face, like stupid me, I messed up. It's like right. what are you doing, my guy? A little a little higher stakes than that, sir. <laughs> yeah, a little higher stakes. Not good. Um, Science Tuesday this week. Ganymede, Ganymede. Can't really say it right, but. Who needs to? I don't think it's like a hard. I don't think it's a hard Y. Ganymede. Ganymede is how I hear it pronounced. I actually thought it was Gana, like spelled like that, but it's not. Oh uh, yeah, I I can see that. So apparently it was made by, made. It was discovered by a Greek Greek, sorry, German astronomer, and he named it after Ganymede or Ganymedes, who is a Greek um, divine hero. He's not a god. He was a apparently just a very good looking dude. That Zeus was like, hey, you're my cupbearer now. And I'll give you eternal life. So What a legend. What a legend. Wow. <laughs> yeah. He's like, hey, hey, you're hot. Let's go. Yeah, my that's literally boy. what happened. Uh, apparently he is like associated with um uh romantic relationship between adult male and adolescent male. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy. Well, <laughs> come on, Greek people. What are you doing? The Greeks, man. It was a different time. Oh different... man, dude. Yeah, it says they, they used it to, yeah, because they want to justify their own. Yeah, okay. Oh, Greeks. Yeah. This took oh, a dark time, Greeks. Oof. What are you doing? Why Invented the smith because they want to justify their natural pleasures. Yeah, this is, that's great. Ooh. That took a dark turn. Them. All right. Ganymede. Oh, we're going to say no to that. Go back to the moon. So, Ganymede. <laughs> Wait, you didn't even. Ganymede's discovery credited to the one and only Galileo. Galilei. Yeah, I, he's just an astronomer to me. What? 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 What do you mean? What? He, <laughs> he discovered it. Yeah, I don't care. Um, <laughs> he said it was some. Wait, it was he German? When you said some German, did you mean Galileo? <laughs> Maybe. Oh, no, it was oh. named by a German. Uh, but Galileo uh, discovered it. Might be. I was, like... <laughs> I was so confused. I was like... Yeah, he's Italian, apparently. Who knew? Who knew? Wow, we're learning so much on Science Tuesday. We gotta learn. We gotta learn. So, Galileo discovered it. Big whoop. Uh, it, it is a... a... <laughs> It is a moon of Jupiter. Um, it's outside of Europa. It rotates Jupiter fairly slowly. Um, it's mostly made up of, interesting enough, salitic rock and water. Uh, apparently has a water core. Or no. 
I don't know. A saltwater ocean under its outside. Very interesting. Right. Um, and then it, in the core, it's iron and liquid. So yeah, they they reference in the book how like sometimes the salt water underneath would like crack up through the through the outside and then freeze because um, apparently it has water underneath. Interesting. Uh, it, apparently, it's the only one with a magnetic field, only moon, which is why they're growing food on it in the book because you need that magnetic field to stop the radiation. Um, and apparently even then it has some radiation goes through because apparently Jupiter throws off a shit ton of radiation too, along with just radiation going all over the place in space. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, radiation's a big problem as we talked about in our previous Science Tuesday. I might say. Uh, it's, it's, um, what else we got here? Anything cool? It's smallish. It's about uh, 0.4 times the diameter of Earth, uh, 0.7 times the diameter of Mars. So it, I guess, like that's pretty big. I guess it was pretty big. Yeah, it's like a pretty big moon. Um, relatively, like yeah, like yeah, it's bigger than the moon. It's bigger than it's, our moon. It's bigger than two Mercury. Time, two times our moon. The largest and most massive moon in the solar system. It's a big moon. Yeah, it's bigger than Titan, which people usually think of as the biggest moon, but um. Yeah, Titan. I mean, because we just associate that with the with what a Titan, what we think a Titan is. Yeah, right. Titan. I mean, that makes sense to me. I mean, I think they named it that because it was big, but um, I mean, it's it's bigger than Titan, though. It is big. So yeah, they don't have to rely on the Coriolis effect. They didn't spin this one up. They're just uh, they're just walking on this bad boy because it has, I think it has like yeah about a fourth the gravity of Earth, not a fourth, uh, point four gravity of earth somewhere around there Point four, huh? that would that would like mess up walking though right like you would walk differently um i think it'd be slightly okay uh so would the it? moon is an only an eighth which is why they like bounce all weird ah. um it might be slightly weird i don't know i don't i'm i'm not an expert on this i'm just making I'm it also up not it's just it seems when, when you think about it it seems like a lot but i guess i don't know how heavy would i i mean you'd be half man. the weight a little less than half the weight yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of humans that weigh about half of what I what I do. So I, mean, I don't that, think it'd be that as big a deal. No, I don't think. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think it'd be kind of cool. Like you'd be able to jump pretty high. You'd have some fun. You could, yeah. Basketball would be would be changed. There's, there is no atmosphere. Real. There's, I guess, a small atmosphere of oxygen, um, but it's like super thin, basically nothing. Um, so it's you're not breathing out there or anything. You're. Uh, it's yeah, you're dying if you're just sitting there. Um, more about the magnetosphere. Things are happening. It's magnetic. That's cool. It's yeah. I don't know. It's great. This radiation, a little bit. Uh, yes. The radiation level that you, the radiation per day that you're receiving, you would oh. die in about two months if you were just like hanging out on the surface oh yeah that's a good it's a good measure so yeah it does still receive some radiation but it apparently if you didn't have that you'd be dying very very quickly like it says it's considerably lower than yeah. europa's right. um so yeah and uh yeah it's kind of pot like our moon because obviously it doesn't have the atmosphere to stop rocks and stuff hitting it 
There's right. no wind. They mentioned in the book that like Bobby's like my footprints footprints are gonna outlive me here because uh they're not gonna get blown away or anything and she's gonna die <laughs> eventually. So uh so yeah. And we've explored it a few times. We sent some probes, Pioneer ten and eleven have flown by there. Um Get him. Uh, uh, apparently the Russian space research is currently evaluating a Ganymede lander mission. Nice. Which be pretty cool. With a with emphasis on astrobiology, so they're gonna look for some life on the icy moons. Interesting. Which would be cool. Wonder wonder where they got what that. What if idea? we find some um, space monsters in the ocean? What was the what was the moon that was actually the weapon? Phoebe? Was it Europa? Oh, oh, was it Phoebe? No, Phoebe was the station. I can't remember what that was. A Saturn moon, moon it hit. Oh, it was Saturn moon. You're right. You're right. I forget what it was. What's the Saturn moon? Or it was a Saturn moon, right? Or I think that checks out. Was it Phoebe? Was it literally Phoebe? I thought it was Phoebe. Phoebe. Phoebe is the one that the base was on, but I'm not sure if that's the one where they found it. Yeah, it it was. Phoebe is a Saturn moon. Yes. So yeah, that's yeah, Ganymede. Launched towards Earth. Yeah. Okay. Ganymede, pretty cool. Uh, kind of important, important battle piece in the uh, the Expanse universe, and will be later too. Will not going to go away. It's going to come back. It's it's sweet that there is a moon that makes a bunch of food. <laughs> well, that's a very cool. It is thing. cool, and they're they're kind of like later on they. I don't know. They they act kind of like Switzerland here. They become they're like neutral, oh, but interesting. Um, well, you kind of I mean, you kind of have to, right? If you're like, yeah, kind of. Can't just be like, hey, we're gonna just take out the food. Boom. Like a lot of people would die slowly. Yeah, you'd need to not kill Ganymede. Yeah, get literally, it's the breadbasket of the belt. It's how the belt gets all their food. So if that dies, then everything dies which is kind of bad that uh it got fucked up here because very uh, not good because the belt relies on that food and the, the people on ganymede rely on that f- i mean later on they have shipments coming in that's like how there's lots Holden of problems on there. so lots lots to come lots of cool stuff um well we'll see what happens oh, oh yeah wow wait what i'm wrong i'm wrong what are you wrong about the mass, the 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 fact check, the um the gravity wow. of Ganymede is super low. It's oh. only point one G. Really? How would you you wouldn't they wouldn't be able to walk right? Yes. I I agree. I mean they'd even like on like series and everywhere. stuff, they'd be walking all weird. They'd be bouncing. I mean Do they have? I mean, is there any I assume they didn't spin it up. They don't really talk about spinning. No, you up. don't. You don't. You wouldn't need because it's already in orbit. Yeah, yeah. Well, I meant like they spin or, it for make gravity it... purposes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I don't. They definitely didn't do that. Um, no. So you're yeah, just bouncing all weird, just like Luna, I guess. So I don't know. I wonder if they just like. I wonder if they adjust their. If you like, as a person living there, ha- just like adjust your walking to like be very light, so that you don't bounce up and go very very quiet i mean you must right like they must just have like really light footsteps like if they go to like a different place they have to be just like not able to walk i think you get used to it i mean they describe how like belters like are able to walk 
Right. I called right. him that. And yeah, we were able to like walk and uh, navigate in low gravity very well, whereas yeah. Earth people kind of get effed up. Right. Cool. Whoa. Is that real? Oh, that's Calvin. Okay. The surface temperature, I'm just going to say this, is a mean of 110 Calvin, which is like negative like 100 and something. That's so cold. I mean, it's out in the middle of nowhere, man. They're, they're pretty far from That's the why the top is like frozen. Yeah, that checks out. That, checks out. I, my, brain, my brain can understand that. All right. If it's cold, that means we got frozen stuff out there. Cool. Wow, we, we flew through this. We did it. I think this should be the normal runtime. Hopefully. Forward. We'll find out. Um, let, let the people know where they can find things about us. Oh, oh me? Yeah. We'll do. <laughs> All right. Who, me? You can, <laughs> you can find us at the guys who did this on Facebook and Instagram. At guys who did this on Twitter. No, the. You can support the show at the guys who did this on Patreon. And if you have a correction, comment, or question, keep it keep it easy with the corrections. We're not trying to be 100% correct all the time. Take it uh, email us at theguyswhodidthis at gmail.com. Uh, um, and the, the music for this episode was Racing Light by Kilobyte from Night Mode Records. And that is going to do it for episode one of book two of The Expanse. Hope you all enjoyed it. Hope everyone has a good weekend. We'll see y'all next week. Bye.